Now, back to the Pete McMurray Show. The New York Times published a piece on a word to describe how we've all been feeling for the past year and a half. The word is languishing, not blah, (laughs) languishing, dubbed the neglected middle child of mental health. Let's bring in our resident psychologist, Amy Morin. Amy, have you heard this term? I have. I've heard it quite a bit recently. I hadn't heard it until um, maybe a couple of months ago, but since then, I've heard it a lot. Languishing. Explain to people what that means, then that's how we're feeling. It's sort of that blah feeling that so many of us have during the pandemic that we're restless, we're irritable, we're bored, but at the same time, we don't have a lot of energy, we don't have a lot of motivation. And even though some of the restrictions have lifted, a lot of people say, I just don't really have a desire to go out and do anything. But at the same time, I know I don't want to just sit inside my house and stare at these same walls over and over again. So it's a, it's an emotion and a weird place that we're in right now where people say, I don't want to keep doing what I'm doing, but I also don't want to do anything different. So breaking it down into terms that a simpleton such as myself would understand, (laughs) if this were the Brady Bunch, this would be the Jan and Peter Brady of mental health issues. Yes, the the middle the middle kids who just say, you know, I I don't know exactly where I fit in or what to do. You know, it's interesting. We talk about mental health and it's very it's very serious. We're not joking because we take mental health very seriously. And I, like everybody else, struggled during the pandemic. And but there's people right now that are my friends, Amy, that aren't going out anymore. I mean, they just stop going out. They have like three people in their bubble and that's it. And I, I was taking it personally for a while. And it's like, you know, they have to deal with their things. Yeah, some people have some social anxiety now, even though that we're allowed to get out of the house. They just feel really uncomfortable. They say, I don't have anything to talk about. I haven't done anything in the past year. And other people, I think, are struggling with sort of a low-grade depression where they just don't have the energy to make friendly conversation or they just don't feel like putting themselves out there. And, of course, some people just have a fear of their physical safety. They say, you know, I just don't feel comfortable in crowds yet, or it's been so long since I've been in public, it just seems too weird to go out and do it now. And you think about how quickly we adjusted to, say, wearing masks and to not going out. At first it felt weird, but then it became fairly normal. So I think it's going to take us a while to adjust to the fact that now uh, it's becoming safer to go out and we can start doing more things and we can see friends and family, but uh, it's going to take a little bit to adjust to that because it's been so long since we've done it. My girlfriends and I have been texting on a text thread throughout the entire pandemic, and we all feel this way. We all feel we get tired more easily when we do go out and socialize. We feel we need more time in between social events, whether it's going back to the office or seeing people. And it's it's been so uh, reassuring mental health wise to know that I was not the only person sitting in my house feeling this stagnation, feeling like, well, I should do something, but I can't. And just having other people confirm that this is going on with everyone was so reassuring. So do you recommend for people for their mental health, if they're not talking to a professional like you to just talk honestly with the people in their lives? I do because so many people aren't talking because they say, I'm not doing anything. I've been sitting at home. I've been working from home. I have nothing to say to my friends other than what I ate for lunch. And that's not a particularly interesting conversation. And a lot of our conversations stay fairly superficial. We say, yeah, I'm doing great. How are you? 
without really getting into the nitty-gritty of what's actually going on. We know a lot of people are having trouble sleeping. People's appetites have changed. Some people have gained weight. Some people have just haven't had an appetite. And people are struggling with their energy level. And so just to know, okay, I'm not the only one dealing with this, can be quite reassuring. So much has been made about herd immunity, but there's also herd mentality. Lisa touched on it. Do you think there was enough attention paid at the outset of the pandemic on the mental health aspect of what everybody was dealing with? I don't think that there was. I don't think there was either. I think initially there's so much conversation about the physical safety issues that we sort of forgot to talk about it. And also we didn't know. We know that some countries were ahead of us, like China, and we could take a look at what was happening to them in terms of depression and anxiety and loneliness and even suicide, but we weren't really sure how how it was going to roll out here. And we didn't know what the effects of lockdown were going to be or what was going to happen uh, once we opened society back up. So, Amy, what do people do that are listening right now that are struggling with languishing, that they, they feel empty, they feel stagnant, they, they really can't take that step? What should they do? A couple of things. I think uh, one thing would be to limit your screen time. We know that always having the TV mm-hmm. on isn't good for our mental health. Oh, I love it so much. much. I love watching the shows, the morning show on Apple right now. Right. And I think if we can limit our screen time a bit, because most of us had way too much during, during the pandemic, and then just try to come up with a schedule, try to come up with some strategies, try something new, even if you're just do a, take a class at home or you make it a goal to call a couple of people that you haven't spoken to in a while, but to just start to find some new, fresh and exciting things that give you more energy. What are some signs we should look out for in our friends and family? If they're not outwardly communicating, I'm struggling right now. What are some things that might tip us off that we need to push a little harder, reach out a little more often? I think any changes that you see in somebody's behavior, if you know somebody's say, starting to sleep all day when normally they were a morning person or somebody who is struggling with their appetite. If they seem more irritable, they're not answering texts or calls as much as they usually do. Any kind of major red flags in their behavior might tip you off to the fact that they're struggling. You know what? I love the fact that you brought up the schedule. The McMurray's are all about the schedule. I love that my son plays sports because it immediately puts him on a schedule. He's got practice, has to come home eats, does homework, has a little free time, and then goes to bed. I mean, I think this is true for adults. If you don't have a schedule in your life or a routine, you need to work on that, especially the retired people. Right. And we know during the pandemic, for most of us, all the days have blended together. We can't tell Monday from Saturday anymore. Right. Yeah. So when we do have a schedule, that helps us make more sense of time. Do you think that um, telehealth therapy visits are going to continue in the future? Um, I was seeing someone in person before the pandemic and we transitioned into telehealth Zoom visits. Do you think this will continue forever? Because it does make it a lot easier to get to an appointment when you're not traveling anywhere. Yeah, I do think it will continue. And at Very Well Mind, where I'm the editor-in-chief, I got to actually test a lot of teletherapy sites. And as a therapist, initially, I thought that can't possibly work when you aren't in the same room or you don't get to see someone's body language. But I found it can be quite effective. And we've learned during the pandemic there's so many benefits of it that the cost is lower that you don't have to worry about the commute it's easier to get there you can do it from your from your home and for people in rural communities it offers them access to specialists that they might not normally be able to see yeah if you're suffering from you know languishing and you don't want to leave your house i mean (laughs) having the uh telehealth is absolutely perfect 
Yeah, and you can do it from your phone. You can text message. You don't necessarily even have to attend video appointments. So for people who have slower internet or people who it just seems like it would take too much energy to get up and go to an appointment and talk to somebody face-to-face, it can feel a lot less intimidating if you're somebody that enjoys writing to a therapist as opposed to seeing them. And for some people who are worried about issues surrounding confidentiality, too, you can usually use a nickname and be anonymous when you talk to an online therapist. So I've heard this word about the pandemic, uh, collective trauma. We're all kind of experiencing this collective trauma as a society. What are some aspects of this trauma that you think will appear in people's attitudes during the next 10 years? Like, what are some effects of this? Are we going to see more angry people, people with shorter tempers, people more irritable, more emotional? Yeah. I think you've, you've covered a lot of the things that we are likely to see, and I'm hearing from a lot of people who are sort of afraid to breathe a sigh of relief. They're just waiting for what's next. And the news stories took a big toll on us of just seeing death tolls and hearing all these conversations about all the bad things going on. And for people who scroll through the Internet a lot, some of them were in a heightened state of alert pretty much for the last year and a half because we were getting constant news from one source or another. So I think we will see a lot of that. Higher rates of depression, anxiety, loneliness, and frighteningly, I think we're going to see higher rates of suicide as well. Oh, that's terrible. I mean, I feel like everybody is angry. I mean, the littlest thing will set people off, and they get so angry about the smallest things. You know, that's not true. No, that's not true. You'd think that we would be happy to be able to be out in in public again, but I'm seeing the the same thing that we're impatient when we're in line, that people are struggling with the traffic jams, and we are really irritable and angry. Rob? Yeah, I was just going to say, I was one of the few lucky ones that was able to go into the office during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. There is a huge reluctance now, and understandably so. My colleagues, some of them, I'd say maybe it's a 50-50 split. They don't want to come in. I'm hearing a lot of people saying that, too, that they just, you know, gosh, I liked working from home. Now it seems like a lot of effort to commute to the office, to have to wear real clothes, to have to be present and make pleasant conversation. And for some people, it makes more sense. They've had a better, more flexible schedule, and they can run errands or take care of the kids when they need to. But I think for other people, it's just become too comfortable to be at home and not socialize. And the thought of going back out and being around people again just feels overwhelming. And I'm happy to hear some people are going to find a, a happy medium where they're going to go to work maybe two days a week and work from home three days, yeah. something like that, that works well for their mental health, but also gives them the flexibility and the freedom to have some days from home, too. I think businesses are figuring that out right now. They can be just as productive if they're working from home. I think so. I think there's lots of research that shows people are sometimes more productive when they work from home and they aren't distracted by the things in the office. Of course, we need to be careful of Zoom meetings and the quantity of them. Oh, yeah. Because we also know that too much time staring at people on video chat isn't good for our mental health either. When was the last time you heard someone say, I'm tired of the small talk? I feel like I hear that four or five times a week. I hear that a lot, too, and I hear it about people when they log into a Zoom meeting. And uh, for those of us, because I'm one of them, too, that sometimes I don't love small talk about the weather, especially when you have four different meetings in one day and everybody's still talking about the weather. Right. But on the other hand, to know that that's where a lot of our joy can come from in life sometimes is just having an inside joke with somebody at the office or talking to a stranger while you're in line about something can brighten your day a little bit. So even though it might feel like a chore, it also has some pretty good benefits to it, too languishing the new term from the uh the new york times published a piece on languishing 
I feel like I'm the complete opposite. I don't want to stay home. I want to go out <laughs> and be around people. Yes, and I think uh, there are plenty of people that are feeling just, again, overwhelmed by social interaction. And it's not surprising because the only social interaction most of us have had has been with a mask on. We haven't seen people oh. smile. <laughs> we haven't been able to, yeah, right. to do the fun it's things, hard. like get together with a big group of friends. We need to be patient with people while we're all either languishing or getting out of languishing. What are you talking because, about? <laughs> hey, buddy, you don't know how the pandemic affected someone. You don't know if they lost people in their lives. You don't You're know right. if they struggled with work, with kids. Yep. You just don't know. So give everyone a little bit of grace. Psychologist Amy Morin. Amy, give your website so people can check everything out. Amy Morin, LCSW, is in licensed clinical social worker.com. You are the best. Thank you for coming on. We'll talk again soon. Thanks, Amy. Thanks for having me. More of the Pete McMurray Show next.